0: Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns.
1: All right, welcome in, everybody. Indeed, it's episode 37 of the podcast that's sweeping the nation, everybody. It's One Man's Opinion here. Appreciate you guys at subscribing, downloading, commenting. It means the world to me. Very, very pleased with the reception you guys have been giving this podcast and love to pump more out for you. Keep on telling a friend, spread the word, everybody, and uh, know that it's appreciated for sure. Uh, I'm Jeff Mans. By the way, if you stumbled upon this, we talk some fantasy football, fantasy sports. We go off the rails sometime, and today's episode will be no different. That's for sure. By the way, you could follow my work over at FantasyGuru.com, all things seasonal fantasy sports, EliteFantasy.com for the daily fantasy conversations, Elite Sports Betting for all my legalized sports betting picks. You could follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. And today it's a extraordinarily special episode for me. I get to finally catch up with a good, good friend of mine, somebody I've worked with for a long time, and I miss her so much. It's the one, it's the only, the lovely, vivacious Pilar Lostra joining me on One Man's Opinion. Pilar, are you there?
0: Damn, Jeff, it's so
1: great to be reunited. And it feels so good. You know
0: people miss us singing.
1: I know. We have some of the best duets. Never since Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton has two... (laughs) the duet been so well respected and received and uh, when Pilar and Jeff have their sing-off Pilar it is so good to talk to you Um, I've missed you it's been a long football season already it's been a long year already Uh, I want to title this episode catching up with Pilar because we have so much to talk about I know so many people that listen to the elite sports show and on uh, um, uh, Twitter and social media asking what happened to our Sirius XM show? What happened to uh, all that good stuff? Fortunately, you've been working with us over at fantasy guru, elite fantasy, elite sports betting, doing great stuff over there, of course, but I want to catch up with you and see how you're holding up. So let me ask you that. How are you holding up? How have you been? Are you surviving quarantine?
0: I barely, Barely. And let me tell you something. It's a good thing I'm not pregnant right now. Cause at least now oh
1: my, yeah. I'm like a
0: St. Bernard. I can like run around with a little bit of whiskey.
1: Yes. Oh, you know? well, <laughs> now it's whiskey. When we <laughs> left off, it was wine. What happened? Now you're upgrading to whiskey. All right. Well, it's been one I got hell. Two
0: kids now.
1: I got two kids. <laughs> <laughs> she was sipping on wine. She went from like white wine spritzers to deep Merlot red wines. And now it's now two kids later. It's sipping on the whiskey bottle. I love it. Yeah. It, how things have changed that's for sure you know
0: what and i i asked my husband for a saint bernard at first i asked him for like those really big shaggy black mountain dogs they are so cute you just want to cuddle with
1: them the the wrinkly ones i don't know what
0: they're i don't know what they're called but some guys got two of them walking in our subdivision all the time and i want them so bad oh no and my husband was like what are you talking about? Go that or a St. Bernard so I can disguise my flask in his neck? <laughs> like...
1: <laughs> yes, the only drunken uh, rescue dog, the St. Bernard. So <laughs> I'm, I'm taking it. You didn't get a St. Bernard.
0: I didn't. No. no, my husband said I got a second kid. I don't get a dog
1: too. So. Right. What speaking of which I was going to say, you have two other wild animals running around your house now uh, as well. Obviously uh, you people would be surprised. I don't think we talked about it very much. We alluded to it on our serious XM show, every man's fantasy that we did for so long, but uh, you had, uh, had a wonderful baby girl, Uh, two years ago and then sure enough another baby was on the way and luckily you got that one out right before this whole COVID-19 stuff hit
0: no Jeff I was pregnant during the whole COVID-19 thing I just had the baby in end of July
1: true okay that's true but yeah I mean we knew about it before and then I yeah I guess during COVID so what was let me let's start there like what was that like I mean god yeah forget that it feels like for some reason, in my mind, part of my mind feels like COVID's brand new still. And then the other part thinks we've lived with it since like 1976 or something. Forever, it's, it's, right?
0: Because, yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's, it's almost like every day's Groundhog Day now. So oh. it was very difficult um, being pregnant and being quarantined because I felt like when my family would come over and everybody would have a really good time, and I feel like everybody... Across the world started drinking a lot more during the whole quarantine time. Oh yeah. I just had to deal with stupid people.
1: <laughs> You're so the sober far. one. Oh no. <laughs> That's I word. would just
0: look at everybody and they're like out of me!" I was like, what part of this is fun? Everybody else gets to kind of check out a little bit and I don't.
1: <laughs> I never realized how much fun drinking was until I became the sober one. Like when I'm the sober one, it's like, oh my God, like I can't believe. None of this is as fun as I thought it would be. I really want to be on the other side of this.
0: Right, right, but no, it was it was a long quarantine, that's for sure. And then being pregnant and having to wear a mask, like it's already hard to breathe to begin with. So it was just a lot easier for me to 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 stay home. I didn't yeah. fight the whole quarantine thing. I was like, just stay home, Pilar. You have no business being out, and you know, you're worried. And then it sucked when I was like. What are we not going to have a football season? And then I really started thinking, mm-hmm. and I was like, "There's way too much money in the NFL for them to not have a season." Right? <laughs> Let's be real; they're going to have a football season one way or another. They're not going to know exactly how this is all going to work out, but they're going to start on time, one yeah. way or another.
1: And yeah, they ended up uh, starting on time, and you know, every week, every day, I, like you said. Waking up, and the first thing I've been doing for the last like few weeks at least is immediately going to the news sources and saying, Okay, what what NFL players are we not going to have in play this week? Who tested positive? Where, what teams? Where's the outbreaks and stuff? And it's been you know pretty good. I think the NFL's done a pretty darn good job, all things considered, with keeping COVID out and not, not while not being in a bubble, by the way, the NBA just went to a lockdown and a bubble scenario and they did very well. We're able to finish off the NBA finals and all the playoffs from the bubble, but you know, NFL's done all right, but it's still worrisome every single, every time you wake up. I think
0: it's impossible to keep COVID outside of the NFL. It's absolutely impossible. You go home to your family and people are still running around. Some people aren't taking this as seriously as they should. And then you're spitting and, drooling and sweating and all kinds of dna exchanging on the field with other players right i mean yeah it's absolutely impossible to keep germs off of one another in the nfl during a game
1: no no question and 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 i've been uh, pretty outspoken imagine that I've been outspoken during you i don't believe it yeah no i'm usually a bit of a wallflower but you know this time (laughs) i uh i decided to say I, i mean here's the deal, right? I've said from the beginning of the COVID thing that um, I, I'm going to listen to people of reason. I'm going to to uh, obey the rules, you know? And it's like, I don't agree with rules. You know, you worked with me at SiriusXM, which by the way, we'll get into those conversations. I know a lot of you guys asking at Stretch at, at Jeff underscore man's all about the SiriusXM stories. Oh, so we'll tell those stories, everybody. Don't worry about that. But, uh, you know, it's like you got to it's like you got to obey the rules for as long as you want to play the game. And if not, just lock yourself down or or do whatever. But if you want to be part of things and you want football, you want baseball, you want sports, um, you want restaurants open, things like that, you're going to have to obey the rules. And one thing I'll, I'll say this to everybody out there. I We're not all going to agree. People don't agree with me, uh, my stances with that, and that's fine. But for the exact reason you just said, you were pregnant during this outbreak, during a pandemic, which I, I can't even fathom the amount that like, how scared it's already nerve wracking. You know, my wife, we've had three children of our own. Uh, my sister-in-law was pregnant during this quarantine. She got pregnant during quarantine right before. So almost right up in line with you, you were a couple months ahead and she just had the baby a month ago. So it's like a lot of, you know, and you got to remember guys, that those are the people we need to protect. We yeah. need to look out for everybody. Like that's the thing. And everyone, Oh, it's all this rate and that rate. That's fine. We could argue that all day or you could go whatever you want to do, but man, you just got to take care of people that, you know, need it. And Pilar needed to be quarantined. She didn't need to be around this stuff while, uh, well, and the baby, especially. So. Um, and you know
0: what, Jeff, too, like when I look back at this whole, like how things have changed, because when things do settle and, and there's going to be a different kind of normal. And I am okay with walking into a restaurant and not being sat next to somebody where I'm literally (laughs) hearing their entire conversation. I don't really care to be packed into a place like a sardine. Like I'm okay with a little bit of space. I was at a restaurant the other day and the waitress didn't have her mask on over her nose. Right. And I was kind of like, Mm -hmm. eh, but then she takes her hand and Uh she, wipes her nose like no hard Hard wipe yes and then comes and starts like putting things on my table and I looked at my husband and my (laughs) stepson and (laughs) and both of their eyes were like oh my god Polar's gonna lose her marbles right now and I thought I I was like my husband goes do you want to go I was like that's probably a good idea
1: yeah Oh, yeah. See, that's the thing. It's, it's same with like, like, the you know, I, I folks. So take this for the spirit, spirit of which it's intended, like coughing and sneezing. OK, I tell people this all the time. Coughing and sneezing are both involuntary acts or I'm sorry, voluntary acts. Right. You don't have to do them. And people are like, yeah, you do. Guys, I do 30 four hours of radio and another couple hours of podcast every single you you've never once heard me cough or sneeze on the air how is that you think i've never had a cold or a cough of I course have. you you are able to control it by relaxing your diaphragm your breathing you control it you keep your eyes open to stop sneezing there are things you can do it's really about being aware of yourself and your surroundings and that's all anybody's asking for i think we'd open everything up we'd be a lot safer as a country and you're right i hate the sardine pack i don't like being next to people at restaurants i don't like look stadiums sports stadiums do you know why are we always so close together i don't want to be on top of people
0: and everything everything jeff like the the airlines like why did it take a a global pandemic for people to start realizing common sense normal hygiene yes you know what airlines you should have been cleaning your planes a long time ago you know oh, what uh, yeah. uh, grocery stores you should have been careful you guys are handling our food restaurants oh, y'all should have been careful like people you should be washing hands like this is stuff you learned in kindergarten
1: really like, should be
0: what is wrong with people yeah so well, i we- feel like a lot of it is just going back to common sense and i'm happy that there was a football season i'm happy that they made a way to to get us what we fiend for <laughs> right because it was going to be a really really long year if they would have taken away football from me
1: no doubt about it same here I'm I'm thankful for the distraction I'm thankful for these players and coaches and owners and teams and everybody that is able to distract us from all of it Uh, no question about that And uh, obviously you're keeping up with the fantasy football season. We're going to talk some week eight preview here, folks, as well. We're recording this on the Wednesday before week eight, just so you guys are aware. So we'll get some Thursday night game thoughts, Atlanta, Carolina this week. We'll talk about some of the plays and players. Pilar also has a nice video series talking DFS, talking uh, bets every single week over at Elite Sports Betting, Elite Fantasy. So, you know, see what she's been up to over there as well and uh we always do starts and sits on this podcast uh, during the nfl season and then got some other fun stuff planned for you later on let's talk about the serious xm show because well let's just go back first of all you and i how we met how this whole thing started uh, i think it's pretty fascinating because uh, obviously we didn't know each other at all you were a big national superstar and i was just some lowly uh ranting lunatic that you know starting out doing weekend shows here at Sirius xm or whatever but uh you were doing playboy radio correct playboy fantasy football radio at that right point they in time. had
0: um serious the the fantasy sports channel had a had a deal mm-hmm. had a licensing deal with playboy radio to have to have like the a playmate hosted Mm -hmm. show and so that's how they found me I had been doing radio previously and it was just weird I mean they couldn't really the first season was myself and Deanna Brooks and then this guy Scott who was amazing and then after that Scott got offered a really great gig in New York and he took off and they just couldn't find the right guy host and then Deanna was like woke up one day was like you know what I hate football I was like "What?"
1: (laughs) what she goes
0: yeah she goes I realized after I got a divorce that I really only liked football because it gave me something in common with my husband. And now I'd rather go get my nails done than watch football. I was like, who are you?
1: Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah.
0: So she left the show and then we just couldn't really find the right swing and the right girls. And so then after, after many trials and tribulations, I remember Matt Deutsch came to me and he was like, I got a guy for you. I got this guy. He, I think he's going to ruffle your feathers. I think he's going to really get under your skin. He, he's going to be somebody who can handle when you, when you challenge him back and not get offended and not cry about it. Like, his name is Jeff Mans. I go, okay, cool. Like, throw him into the mix because we've been throwing everybody else into the mix. And uh, the rest is history. It was <laughs> literally the clip notes. I got, I, we finished that show. I remember I called Matt Deutsch and I was like, this is the guy this is the guy he did like, and what I love Jeff is that you always challenged me and we're okay with me challenging you.
1: Oh yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: And there's been many times throughout, I mean, however many years and years that we worked together where (laughs) sometimes I'd go in there with an opinion and then you would, you would crush it. Yeah. You'd, you'd plead your case and I'd be like, you know what? (laughs) You're right.
1: And, and there was times
0: that like, you would do the same thing, right? It, like 100%. I didn't always have to feel like I had to prove myself or you had to prove yourself. I just think it worked really, really, really well for so yeah. long. That's So what that's the, how.
1: What year was that? Was that like 2010 or 2011 around that time? Yeah, it
0: was, yeah, it was back in the early 2000s. That's for sure.
1: So I, I uh, It wasn't
0: like back in the 1900s or anything, my- <laughs> but it was like
1: early 2000s. <laughs> 1900s what's that I don't, I don't know what to talk about there that's I haven't been I haven't been uh, uh pressworthy since the 1900s but now, no the my perspective of that was like I had just started out at SiriusXM. XM I had done podcasting before that and, you know nobody cared or anything like that so I was like a fill-in host and, and I, I've told the story on this podcast before about working my way up there and I it must have been like 2011 probably like that fall or somewhere around that point in time and then he, yeah uh the program director matt came up to me and, and said oh yeah we, we have an opportunity he he told me it's a one-off one time you host <laughs> playboy radio show or whatever and at that point i wasn't getting paid anything and he's like we'll pay you you know a show rater i'm like oh yeah man good <laughs> thing all right here we go and uh but I, you know i'll be full disclosure i'm like oh yeah all right, Playboy Fantasy Football, you know, what is this? It's going to be, you know, somebody doesn't know what they're doing and doesn't take it seriously, and I'm going to talk. You know, I, I I had that opinion. I'm like, all right, it's going to be like a, you know, we'll have some fun, and, you know, but no, I didn't think your side was going to take it seriously or have anything to <laughs> – really, I, I didn't. I had, I'll tell you, just I had low expectations. I'm like, this is going to be just – Most man. people did. Absolutely low expectations, and then like Pilar Lash I'm like, all right, Pilar Lasher, whatever you know. Uh, and then, um, doing the show with you, I remember the first show, and it was right away where I was casual and I think I was laid back. I, I can remember my old house in Illinois, I was sitting back, I can't remember the exact details, but right off the bat in the first segment, I'm just kind of going through our show plan and notes, thinking, all right, you know, how much longer on the show. And then something you said, like right away, you started rattling things off. And I'm pretty sure it's stats or maybe it's a format issue, something that just showed me right away that you actually did this. Because yeah. somebody like you, you've been on national television before. You're obviously very beautiful and, and a model and all this. I'm like, all right, nobody like this plays fantasy football. Not from my experience, right? It's long faced heathens like myself that, that do that. Oh, but stop, Jeff. It, it was, but it was, uh, it was unbelievable. I was like right away. And I, I I remember sitting up in my chair thinking, oh, wait, she, does she really? And I'm like, does she, I, so I spent like the next hour and a half. Like, does she really know? And I was like grilling you here and there about specific things. And I remember I kept like being very impressed, like one after the other, after the other. I'm like, holy shit. Like she <laughs> you knows know, what I she's you- talking about and she really does care about this. And I remember during the breaks, you know, people, we would talk and, and whatnot. And it was like, oh, you actually, you weren't doing this to pass the time. You were doing this because you cared. And you, the thing that always stood out to me from that first show, was you always cared too much so at some times about helping every single person out. Everybody listened to our show, that or your show at that time. Everybody, you wanted to help every single person. You would talk about callers after we let them go and be like, Oh boy, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope that works out. And I had never experienced that before. It, it's an empathy, you know, it's just like you cared about those people. And I was like, holy shit. This is- I still do care, Jeff. I know. I
0: still- and that's probably, that was probably the hardest part of working for Sirius is that I genuinely did care. And still, like, when people ask advice on Twitter or whatever, I mean, it's nowhere near the way it used to be when, when I was on, on Sirius because it, now for you guys, I'm doing a recap,
1: Mm-hmm. A recap
0: of it, and it's so much fun. I'm having so much fun doing the podcast with you guys. But before, you know, it was it was more about let's let's get predicting the future. Let's predict the future. And I remember sometimes I would be like, oh my gosh, I told this guy to start this person over this person, and and it's just not working out. Oh my god, he got hurt. Like I literally would remember everybody. I would tell yes. who does who to start and who not to start, and I used to get in trouble a lot most people at Sirius get in trouble for like things that they like dropping a a bad word or something like that I remember I got in trouble not in trouble just
1: called immediately
0: after the show yeah and for telling people to sit Vincent Jackson when he was still playing he was like the number three wide receiver playing playing for the Chargers yes he was going up against um up against Denver, mm-hmm. and I remember he was going to be Bailey was going to be all over him, like white on rice. And I kept saying he's hurt. Like if he's out there, he's only going to be a decoy. Like don't start him. Don't start him. Have a backup plan. And Jam Bailey is going to be like healthy and rested. And don't do this, guys. Like I remember pleading to people, don't start Vincent Jackson. And Matt Deutsch called me and he was like, oh, Blar, you know, it doesn't really give me that warm, fuzzy feeling when I have a host running on the airwaves telling people to sit the number three wide receiver. And I was like, oh, my God, am I not allowed to say my opinion? And and I remember that Sunday I was so stressed out saying, oh, my gosh, if Vincent Jackson goes off and I was completely wrong, I'm going to lose my job. Fortunately he didn't even have a whole fantasy point so I was okay <laughs> and Matt Deutsch called me back and was like I, I shouldn't have done that and then a couple weeks later I'm like nope sit um, who was I telling him sit um, oh my gosh why am I drawing a blank this so long from the Houston Texans who's a big stud it was uh, Andre right Johnson
1: there. Andre Johnson Yes yeah. yes
0: Johnson thank you And I was like D- guys he's not gonna play work the waiver wires now don't start him. Don't wait till Sunday morning. And like people were calling in and they were like, Clark, you're stupid. There's no way he doesn't play. I was like, he's hurt. They have nothing to to gain by this. And sure enough, last minute, he was a scratch. So, So there was like a lot of times that I felt so passionate about something. And I just felt later, I was like, oh my God. Why did I even say that? If it doesn't work out, I'm going to be in so much
1: trouble. You know, that I want to expand on that because I think it's an important thing to do. So especially with where our society is now and things like that, because as I, I mentioned, when they tapped me to say, hey, you want to do a Playboy fantasy football show? I was like, man, all right, you know, and I went in with those expectations, you know, a certain preconceived notion and you just quickly disproved those preconceived notions and taught me a a very valuable lesson and not not just that i'll I'll say this i credit you greatly with one thing empathizing with subscribers listeners actually putting them first because i'll be honest at that point in my career i was trying to build a brand and i was kind of the bad boy and it didn't matter you know what i mean and it was like that and i I was surprised because you didn't you didn't need it and my I needed that that was my path i you, know, you to me didn't need that at that time you didn't have to be kind and and caring about oh, these yeah. you know I know I'm, see to you it's different, but to people listening, they know what i 'm talking about because it doesn't most people don't have that. you have that it's it's wild and it's truthful and it's real. I could tell people in front of the behind the scenes, front of the scenes on air off air it's the same exact thing every time but I also, you know, look back at that self and it's embarrassing for me to admit that I had those preconceived notions because as you just said, you would make bold calls and you would make bold calls a lot. And what I see all the time in in the fantasy industry, at least, is a lot of people trying to build their brands and doing it with just real generic everyday takes. And I feel, and you were, you didn't ever do that, not from the start, and, but, Okay, try to follow me on this. When Matt would call you or anybody, and now Matt is a very kind, nice guy. On and Fair out night. there, to everybody. We don't have anything bad to say about him. But there is something about, well, you said to sit one of the top receivers. You know, if I would have said sit one of the top receivers, I probably would never have got a phone call. You said it like, and <laughs> say, well, are you sure? You know, it's second guessing you because – probably because the female angle, how was that? Like, what's it dealing with that, which I've seen it firsthand. Again, I say guilty as charged dismissing before I knew uh, uh, that, but I want to hear from your point of view, what it was like, you know, getting into this industry, fantasy sports, sports analysis. You've done a lot of things for formula one and racing and surfing, and you've done a lot of sports commentary. Terry in your life, but what was it like? What has it been like having to deal with people that don't didn't take you seriously? Um.
0: So I don't think I ever really paid attention to that or really focused on that because before my whole life, I felt like I either I was covering fantasy football. I was covering automotive, like journalism. So I always feel like I was always working in a man's world and I never all i knew is that i just needed to focus on myself and i couldn't worry about what other people were doing because i didn't it wasn't like i was working to prove anything i was working because i wanted the people that were listening to me or following me or watching the videos and things like that were actually getting good information so i was so busy into trying to make sure that my work was good that i didn't have time to listen to the noise and then the, so many times that i would i would hear people almost wish that somebody else would fail. And I would think like, how do you even have time for that? Right. How, like, how do you even have time to worry about what other people are doing? So when Matt or anybody would call me and say, you know, don't, or he didn't say don't say, he said it doesn't give me a warm fuzzy feeling when my hosts are running wild on air
1: <laughs> telling
0: people to start a number three wide receiver. I never took it as, I never for once thought oh, he's only telling me this because I'm a girl. Mm-hmm. He's only telling me this because I made a really bold call and maybe he thinks I'm going to be wrong and and I might get fired if I, you know, I, just, I wasn't yeah. thinking because I was a girl. I was thinking if I'm wrong, I really did cost somebody probably their league this week. I think so I didn't, I didn't think of it that way. The only time that I ever did get upset in this whole industry was when I found out what Tommy G was getting paid. We were both working for the same company at like doing um, (laughs) extra work. And when I found out Tommy G was making about like three times more than what I was. And Uh it was his first year in the industry. Then I did pick up the phone and I was like, yo dude, Uh -uh. come on. Like seriously. (laughs) you can." Seven years of a track record with me. You got seven minutes with
1: him. Uh, It's yeah, that kind of stuff. See that that's the hard thing in today's environment. And I've got two daughters that are both, you know, one graduated high school and out in college. She's working now um, while going to school. And and it's a, it's a whole different perspective of that. I love what you said there. And I think that it's so important. So many people are in their own head or trying to find where they're being wronged these days, and like, like oh, on the if you fight through it, if you can fight through it and and, and keep going and, and worry about what you have to worry about, you have a much better chance. I'm not saying it's always going to work out. I'm not going to say everybody will always treat you fairly, but a lot of I think everybody's people are skeptical, especially in our business. No matter what, uh, these you know anybody start now whose opinion it doesn't have a track record. I think most listeners, readers, subscribers view that with some skepticism in general. It's not man, woman. It's not young, old. It's not black, white, or race, or religion, or anything like that. It's just a natural thing in our environment. But the ones that fight through it get to the top, and they go very quickly because there is a lot of lazy bastards, quite honestly, in our uh, yeah in our industry in the fantasy angle of it. But, um, so yeah, I was just that.
0: I just I, tell people, you know, the best thing to do is just mind your business and make sure that you're doing the best that you can at your work. If you are putting your, your sweat and tears and soul into your job, you don't have, you don't have the time to be worrying about what anybody else is saying or anybody's wishing ill on you or, what, you, like, don't worry about what they're doing, worry about yourself. And, yeah. and I always feel like when people ask me, even when I first started doing the podcast, um, I started getting a lot of questions on Twitter about how do you do a podcast? And I was <laughs> like, people, people probably look at me as the girl who has done so many different things in my life. I've had mm-hmm. more careers than most people have in 10 <laughs> lifetimes. And I, I was like, guys, it's simple. Like as, as hard as it seems, it's simple. You just download zoom, hit record on, on the, on the, on on the, um, on the meeting and just start talking and just start talking.
1: Yeah. that's
0: about it. Don't make it so difficult. Find something you want to talk about and be passionate about it and do it. Like it's that simple.
1: It, so. it is. And and keep going, you know, when things get obstacles and things get in your way yeah. and, and all of that, I, I think it's very important. I think you know, modern world, it's um, more important than ever uh, doing that. By the way, I should uh, mention everybody, you need to go and download fantasy hangover. That's Pilar Lastra's brand new podcast uh, that is out now. I think you're seven or six, seven, eight, episodes deep seven
0: right? episodes
1: seven yeah. Today, for,
0: yeah today we dropped the seventh episode
1: boom so go you know what? subscribe to that everybody fantasy hangover right there and uh you know wonderful job a lot of fun stuff that she does very light-hearted but actually passes along the stuff that you need from recapping last week to looking ahead in fantasy football very very good stuff as always uh what were you saying pilar
0: I would say it's a show where people get to vent. People always yes. tweet me like people that the the players that let them down, the the players that completely just like poop the bed, the players that help them out. So it's it's a very interactive show.
1: It's fine. Yeah, yeah, and you do a great job with it. And it's not easy to it's not as easy as you make it seem. But that's what I th- I, I, I like that that because working with you back in those days. So then uh, we did the one show that was the one-off and then that's what must've happened. So I never got the side of the story. You and I have never really talked about this where Matt told me it was a one-off, told you, ah, throw them in the mix or whatever. So you must have proved <laughs> me. And that's why he said, hey, how'd you like to host the rest of this year? And I said, yeah, damn right. I'd like to host. Cause then I, I'm like really into my art. Right, this is a really good show. Um, and, and I felt like, like you said, you would push me, you would disagree. And I have an overwhelming personality, and I know that. So my co, if anybody listens to this show, understands I do a lot of these episodes solo because uh, most people don't want to do the show with me. Number one, but also I need people to be able to stand up and do that. And that's where like Ted and Ray and some and yourself. It it, it's not easy doing a show with me. I could only imagine it from the other person's perspective, but I like it. I really enjoy disagreeing when i grew up i I, you you have brothers and sisters i i wonder if it's like the larger your family this is my theory yeah siblings
0: maybe
1: the larger your family the more everybody's gonna disagree and you just get used to it like i have four brothers and sisters and tons of cousins and aunts and uncles it's like i everybody disagrees i don't think any of us even covid politics that are going on, like everybody is just different and everybody has their own thoughts, and, belief. and we argue like nobody's business. We say we throw haymakers at each other verbally, and then we're like, "All right, pass the chicken." Yeah, you know, that, but, that's just how it is. It's not what, personal, just, you know.
0: For me, like I, I respect a lot of people's opinions, and so, because mm-hmm. while I feel that I am right the majority of the time, sometimes I am wrong.
1: Mm-hmm. And no.
0: Occasionally, not very often. I've never seen once in a blue (laughs) moon. I am (laughs) wrong. And what I did like is look, I like to win. And I play this game just like everybody else does. And I play daily just like everybody else does. Maybe I don't throw in the kind of money that you do, Jeff Mans, and
1: today. But
0: I do. I play and I play because I want to win. And I like to win money. So if I if I have a theory and I run it by you, and then your theory kind of makes a little bit more sense why am I going to cut my nose despite my own face when your theory actually made a little bit more sense to me or vice versa?
1: Right. That that
0: was my thing on why I liked people that challenged my opinions or I liked hearing other fiery people instead of people that were just so passive or like, because I used to, they used to, they used to tell um, Matt Deutsch, like, I don't know, like Pilar just went off and I was like, I didn't go off. Like first off, I'm a Latina. That was like a two. (laughs) I wasn't even going off like like my I was I was very calm it was like a two I was was still pretty cold
1: (laughs) and the the other thing yeah and speaking of which is uh I'm really eight nine years working together I don't you've got heated many times but I you've never had the meltdown like I've never I've seen you. And I mean, I I have witnessed you vomiting on the air while we we're in mid segment <laughs> doing shows like I, I mean, w- w- when you're sick and pregnant and, and all and all the I've, even when sick. Uh, I told my wife recently, I, um, just a couple of days ago, because we we're talking about the upcoming holidays and stuff. And one of the things it said is like, yeah. Well, I'm not, and I'm like, nope, no show for me on Thanksgiving. Thank God, I don't have to do the Pilar show because Pilar would always make us do the damn Thanksgiving show because this girl works her ass off. I, mean, I would, we'd be out, and I'd be like, and I would follow your lead, but I secretly hated doing those Thanksgiving <laughs> nights. I know, but if I told you, you wouldn't have done it to be nice to me. I didn't want you to be nice. I, I'll tell you, you pushed me, and I need. that think it's important. It was good. The people that we there were years. We were the only live show the whole day, and we were on 10 to midnight. We were the only show on, and that's because Pilar felt that people wanted it and wanted to work, and we'd come home from our respective you know, Thanksgiving days and go do that show. <laughs> Your you know, It
0: was so hard trying to keep all my drunken family like, have <laughs> the- been watching football all day and still watching oh. football during the, the night, trying to tell them like, hey guys, y'all gotta keep it down.
1: Right, oh every time and we did that for a number of years you were always doing always wanting to do the thanksgiving shows any any thursday show whatever it was you would you'd always want to uh be on air because you felt you owed it and that was that's it's just a good thing and it's an inspiring thing too that it's really hard work that's something i've grown to respect more for the people that work for what they get And um, you know, working beside you all these years, it's been a very big inspiration on that front, no doubt about that. So uh, then we talk about Jeff Man's. I know. I I I don't like to be all sappy and whatnot. You know, I'm kind of got the uh, the the rough edges, but it's true. And I wish people knew that more. You know, and that's what that's the thing is. I went into it with the wrong expectations. That's really what I'm trying to get at. It's like I went into the not. No baby playboy fantasy football, get out of here, blah, blah, blah. And what I came away with was something completely different and a whole different uh, uh, respect for people that love this game. You taught me the empathy towards the uh, listeners and stuff like that. And the hard work that it takes to do the show and keep up to date, you know, honestly, I'll tell people, I do this every single day and I would be doing five or six or sometimes seven shows a week on Sirius and doing other shows across other platforms. It's a lot easier for me to do that because I'm talking about this every day than it is to do once a week. Once a week? Show, because you had other things. I mean, mean, you've been in movies, TV shows. By the way, you and I are in a movie together called Living the Fantasy um, and everything. But- you know what I mean? It, it, and then coming in and doing this once a week, it would be so easy for you to half-ass it. Like, it would have been the easiest thing in the world, just get by the two hours, whatever, but you never did that. And that's uh, No. That's like
0: people- but it's also because I played, right? So I was doing the research for myself, and then, so it was, even though it wasn't, I wasn't yeah. on there every single day, but believe I was still me, doing the research
1: myself. But believe me, I've seen it. I, I witnessed it. Remember- Wait, Jeff. I run do this company never- that has a lot of lazy asses that they, they get paid tons of money and just they roll in two minutes before the show. They're out 30 seconds before the show ends. They talk about a lot of mediocre things or rattle off whatever one thing they have on their mind and they that's what they do. You were never like that.
0: No, no, but um, I I remember... Jeff one time you oh. looked at all my my notes and my folders one time when <laughs> we were like at Super Bowl um, and I'm still like handwriting all my statistics like in how I would uh-huh. you know and then I'd, I'd go back for for it and then like basically my spreadsheets were all done by hand mm-hmm. and I'd go and I'd keep track of every game and who was doing what and I'd add them up and I'd say okay well the m- math is going to show me common sense math that this person can Throw this many yards against this defense, and on average, and you looked at me and you go, You know, that there's companies
1: that have those already for you. (laughs) Well, it's like you do your own, you're doing your own projections, like with like carry the one math problems, like nothing, it's like long handed math. And I'm like, For every player, and I'd be like, Oh my god, for one, I'd need a magnifying glass to read all because you jam everything onto like a couple of pages and it was like oh my god i couldn't believe it i know i'm a hand writer too though so i always we always had that in common where i have to write the things out by hand but yeah you did yeah that.
0: i like to do that too but you i know, mean still pictures. like if i'm if i'm looking at a you know if i was to look at like this thursday night running backs against atlanta well so far okay how many yards did they they gave up uh, mm-hmm. you know 27 rushing yards And one touchdown to DeAndre Swift, and then four receptions for 21 yards. Adrian Peterson got 11 rushes for 29, one reception for one. Like, so on average, I would just take what they're doing, multiply it. Like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, add it and then divide it. Like, that's how I do it.
1: But that's the thing, though. I'm convinced, I know it for a fact. I know for me and for many of our listeners out there that doing that long form work. Actually sticks to people you, you become educated that way you you retain knowledge that way, whereas when a computer spits it out or a, a spreadsheet spits it out you don 't and I know this because myself i I talked the other day I have one hundred and sixty two different stats for every position in the national football league right and i I get everything sent to me or downloaded I, I scrape every bit of data you can do. I put them into the spreadsheets and I could just sit there and look at spreadsheets and look for numbers, but I can't, I don't learn that way. I print them out and then I take my highlighter and I go through every single solitary cell highlighting green for one and pink because I never have a red highlighter, uh, red for the bad. So good for green. And I do that and everything else is just noise. And I go, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't have the, I couldn't retain the knowledge. I would just be reciting things like off a script and then when you put me on radio or podcast or whatever I wouldn't know the information and
0: see and here's the thing right now that you're saying going back to that when we were doing our show Jeff and you're still doing your shows on Sirius that's live radio People can call. You better know what you're talking about because when people are calling and asking if they should bring up some third stringer and put in their flex because the matchup looks really good and they've got this whole theory in their in their mind. You have to one, know who that third stringer is, two, know what the heck he's even talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like and what are the chances of 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 him of him being right or him being completely wrong? You know, I mean
1: there is it's a lot nothing
0: when you're working in, in live radio
1: there's nothing like live radio in my opinion for the exact reason i totally agree um i've filmed three tv pilots for fantasy sports things you've done a ton of television work in your career uh, deal or no deal and uh I mean you've you've had Las Vegas, uh, Vegas you had wow. a, a couple appearances on there I yeah remember don't should I get into Malibu Spring Break one of our oh favorites God, of all time
0: <laughs> you know what as much as I hate that like I have that's kind of what launched my career
1: yeah why not that I is mean, what
0: launched my career
1: <laughs> so I mean you've been doing that but when it's live and it's you and you're kind of on an island. And that's why, you know, when we did a show, it's both of us on an island. It's, but it's, anything can be brought up. If somebody calls in and wants to talk about Miles Gaskin, or if they want to talk about the long-term impact of Cortland Sutton, you know, and Dynasty right. Leagues, who's it's like, you have to be ready to go. There's no way to fake that. There's no. just no way. Now, the only, the only way is tell the producers, oh, don't take any calls about this. Don't take And believe me. I could spill the beans on people. I know shows all over that will do that, but um, ours never did. We never did it. You never asked for it. I've never asked for that in my career either. And uh, it's a lot harder to do, but by the way, what would you say? What are you, of all your acting accomplishments, like what thing, what was the, your most enjoyable or, or the best
0: well, the it's one a that
1: TV yeah I would
0: say the one that I had the most fun in was Las Vegas because the cast was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still get residual checks from that. But the one that was by far the easiest, the one that I'd pinch myself and be like, "Is this real?" was Deal or no deal. The oh, success yeah. of Deal or No Deal was insane yeah. to me, insane to me, and I was like, I'm literally getting paid an obscene amount of money to sit here and smile and clap my hands. That's it. That's all you had to do.
1: (laughs) That's the amazing thing. By the way, my brother always, if a deal or no deal comes on that you're on my brother, bless his heart will text me or call me and tell me that you're on that. show. Like he, he is, he is your biggest fan. He's always a big fan of that show. He listened, he would listen to our Thursday night show and he would not listen to my afternoon show
0: your brother's a bass
1: he's a he's a fucking bastard is what he is but yeah but yeah no I know he uh he had always uh uh loved Pilar that's for sure but yeah that was that was pretty were you uh I always think it's 16 but I know I'm always wrong is it it's 14 I was 14
0: yes 14 was where I was the longest the pilot right. started off at like I think I was 26 and then I was at 8 and then I was at 14
1: okay yeah, I always, I always thought I always said sixteen, like on the air and stuff, and then I'm like, no, you're always big. No, fourteen. I'm big. Oh shit! It's because I like everybody. Every by the way, interesting tidbit about my family. Every female in my family, every single female has been born on a sixteenth. No way! Swear to God. Well, okay, not every not aunts and uncles, but from my mom all the way down crazy we're it's fucking weird both my daughters everything unbelievable like it's that Uh, crazy. that's why that just stuck out always to me um on that all right so people may be asking well why aren't you guys doing the SiriusXM show this year you know we did it last year and all that uh I don't you know I don't necessarily know the answer but what was your understanding of why we're not on Sirius this time was it our decision was it their decision I don't really know the answer
0: no I mean look the the network was just going in a different direction and they were bringing in big names you know Michael Fabiano and and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. they were really working on bringing in a new audience and I I wasn't offended by that like I totally get it Mm -hmm. so um so they were just going in a new direction and
1: I I think that I'm not I mean I've i just told like i just follow your lead like if plars and i'm in that's the standing rule always um so when we when this decision came down when we learned it it was still quarantine you were also like eight months pregnant at that time so it's like yeah let's get over this let's get her through a a, a late stage pregnancy during a a freaking fucking pandemic here let let's figure that out before we worry about what's going on with the show but it was also like we weren't even live on Sirius I was doing it from the freaking storage closet like it was me right yeah
0: there were so many questions and unknowns and yeah yeah so so So, yeah so unfortunately you know we're our show is no longer on Sirius but I really do love what I'm doing still I mean the podcast podcast was a little weird at first don't get me wrong the first time that i did the the whole episode by myself i was like (laughs) it takes some you sound like a cuckoo bird like talking to yourself for an hour and i was like note to self Polar, stop asking so many questions because nobody's gonna answer them back (laughs) (laughs)
1: because you have to answer them too like how are you feeling i feel good do different voices and stuff (laughs) But it's kind of like, isn't it a little, I mean, now you got the the packed house all the yeah, time and everything. So now it's like kind of nice just to be able to hear your voice for a while, isn't it? To vent on whatever it is you want to talk about. Yes.
0: I was going to say, that's the nice thing is that now, you know, especially with doing a recap show, I have so much freedom to do whatever I want and involve the listeners. And, and you know what? The, the thing about, what I wanted to do with the show is when I put it out there on Twitter and I I said, you know what guys, here it is. You guys have been following me for 15 years Mm -hmm. of my career. Let me know if you don't like it, let me know what you guys want to hear. If you don't want to hear this, tell me. And the constructive criticism that I got, nobody was like a jerk. Nobody, everybody was like, cool. Like, let's just have fun on this show. And, and so the constructive criticism was, was great. The thoughts, the ideas, the thoughts for segments, it's just kind of shaped up to what other people wanted. And what I liked was that having the podcast, I was able to go back and make those changes. I wasn't, I wasn't under, right. you know, a big corporation that was going to say, nope, this is the outline. This is what you have to do so i like the fact that i had freedom to do what people wanted to listen to
1: yeah obviously i mean we're ecstatic that you agree to do this and on our you know sort of the elite platform if you will to help you get it out there but yeah, and dude so, i always
0: wanted to be part of the mafia
1: yeah i know you finally got in we finally are uh, finally got you to uh into the elite mafia officially and uh so now you're officially you're a black hat that's what they say you you were the black hat now you're you're the bad guys that's uh we've made a living on that and and that's i, I when we talked about it and I was begging you to do a show no, on weren't. our network. And I was, I was on my hands and knees begging. I was, yeah. I said, just do whatever you want. Cause I know have working with you all these years. I know there's a lot of thing, a lot of takes, a lot of, a lot of feelings and thoughts that you want to pass along, that you want to get off. And then, you know, you were always willing to do what is best for everybody else and what, I've gotten out of the first seven episodes so far, actually six, right? I haven't heard some is that it is a lot more you and I love, and it's starting to get more and more. And I I'm pretty confident by December, we're going to start seeing, we're going to start hearing even more. And pretty soon we're going to hear a wine bottle of cork, boink, like that. <laughs> and then we're going to start really getting into it. And uh, I, I think that will be good. I think, trust me, people, fantasy hangover is where you want to go and download and you're going to get a lot of thoughts on pilar lastra and uh she's got a lot of stories to tell in that regard as well so i'm liking it hopefully you guys go and download and subscribe and lead some feedback and, and everything on that because she does take it to heart that's for you i do because
0: I, I want i want the show to be what people want to listen to i don't care to listen to myself all day
1: yeah i know <laughs> I, I i do because i'm a narcissist and an egomaniac but uh it's just how i am um So that that's basically catching up with what you've been doing. So no serious XM show. We haven't closed the book on a return maybe in 2021 or something like that. Things are, you never know where everything's going to go. I think at the time they really didn't have time commitments for the evening shows. In fact, the evening shows aren't even live still. They are only live, I think, through 10 o'clock at this point, And then they pre-record things still. So, um... And you know
0: what, Jeff? I think that for the sake of their audience, bringing in new talent, bringing, bringing in Michael Fabiano was, was great. I mean, yeah. I think that that's great for the listeners. And if they need to move things around to do what's right for the listeners, who am I to say, no, you're wrong?
1: That's my job. Okay. I, I I tell them no. You're wrong all the time. I <laughs> Ultimately, say
0: you want to do what's best for the network and what's best for the listeners. So I am okay with it.
1: I totally agree with that sentiment. I've told Sirius I just signed a new contract for 2021 with them. Uh, just recently, I announced it a couple days ago, as uh, last week, as a matter of fact. Um, so you know, sticking there, people are wondering. You're doing. I'm doing podcasts. I'm doing some other things now too. Uh, but I like what I do and. I did tell them this thing said directly, right. What you said, I would rather me personally would rather be the ninth place hitter or the bench warmer, whatever it is on a winning team, meaning a good product than to be the lead guy of a shitty one. I, I learned that lesson the hard way because I was the top dog ran my own company for a couple for five years in this space and didn't get much traction. I had podcasts, I had moderate success, but I didn't have great people around me. It's really important. It really is. folks. Is. Being part of the Kansas city chiefs is a big deal. Right, because Exactly. Back up on the chiefs got a big free agent deal to go elsewhere. And that, you know, that's what happens. Um, and it'll continue to happen throughout history in any sport, you know, the bench players get big contracts and get bigger opportunities to go to other teams, but you'll never replace being on that championship club. Absolutely. All that. So um, I I think it's an important thing. And and it takes selfless people like yourself to identify that and be okay with that as well. When people, when the stage wants to go to a different direction. All right. So let's talk about real quick, the, 2020 season as a whole so far what has what's been the biggest surprises to you this fantasy football season from where what you thought back in August September to where we are now here in late October what has surprised you the most
0: I mean what hasn't surprised me how many times have I said like what the is what just happened like seriously what just happened the latest one that just threw me for a loop is Antonio Brown finalizing his deal with the Tampa Bay Bucks. like what what I mean
1: it's, you know, it's crazy I mean what do you think about Brown I mean that's a, we talked about him notoriously last year all the time speculated where he'd come back if he'd come back it didn't seem like he would then all of a sudden Seattle was flirting with him and next thing you know he ends up in Tampa Bay with Tom yeah. Brady where After that- Bruce
0: Darian said no way he's not coming here pick and march Bruce Darian's like he's not a fit for here Like I I <laughs> I know him. He's not, he's not part of, he doesn't fit this locker room. <laughs> like,
1: and uh God. next thing you know, he, there's 84 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. God. So, What do you expect from him? I mean, from a fantasy standpoint, are, are, are we going to get productive weeks out of Antonio Brown? Or is this just going to be sort of a, I, a reserve role and things like that?
0: I, I think that you can expect your 10 fantasy points in the beginning and, and hope for more. I mean, remember when he first started playing, with Tom Brady in um, in New England. He didn't come out of the gate and have these monstrous games. He came out and had decent games. So, I, I mean, this year, people now are running to the waiver wires and are going crazy over him. But you have to be realistic. Could he be in phenomenal shape? Absolutely. He can be an Abercrombie model shape. <laughs> but is he going to be in pro football shape? Is he going to be in the shape where he can jump, Run a little bit, make some cuts, and then keep going without getting the cramps. Without, I mean, that's what we really need to think about: Is he yeah. going to be in that kind of shape? And not just shape, but is he, what kind of chemistry? And then we have to think about with him: He's a diva, oh. Antonio Brown. If you yeah. let him spell his own name, it's D I V A. That <laughs> is how Antonio Brown spells his name. He likes to get the ball, and when he doesn't get the ball, there's a problem. There's a lot of mouths to feed in Tampa Bay, so. It's going to be interesting to see, but if you, if you don't double cover Antonio Brown, Mike Evans is going to cause you trouble. Gronk is going to cause you trouble. Godwin, when he returns from his, from his surgery, is going to cause you trouble. So, and then if, if you put all your focus on covering your wide receivers, well, then guess what? They're going to run the heck out of the ball on you. So this team really has everything it needs right now to, to have a real shot at Super Bowl being a
1: real threat i'm pretty surprised myself at um the fact it's i'm not that surprised that brady's having success because this team was a good team regardless and winston turned the ball over and bruce arians was always getting them on the right track but i am more surprised i'm more surprised at the absolute falling apart of the new England Patriots like that yeah. the, that's the angle every week in my recap article in fantasy guru which by the way Pilar's waiver wire video every single week over at fantasy guru as well um I did a running total like Brady versus Belichick who's gonna you know who's gonna win more weeks going against each other you know who's gonna have a better week and I thought Belichick's gonna run away with this one nope
0: and that's how the start of the season started
1: Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, remember, sure. Brady
0: was kind of struggling. Bruce Arians oh, yeah. was calling out Brady, saying Brady was overthrowing the ball, and and Belichick started out just fine.
1: Yeah, it started out real well. Cam Newton looked very good, and then Cam comes down with COVID-19. Didn't really have many symptoms, but was out, out for a couple of weeks, and he's come back, and he's just been absolutely horrendous. I, I mean, know. It's <laughs> like the offense they were running before, doesn 't exist somehow,
0: no, but then the problem for me what i 've noticed is throughout cam 's careers if cam's not having fun and cam is rattled a little bit, he gets in his own head, and everybody's screwed yeah, everybody is screwed when Cam gets in his own head, and this defense is giving up so much to opposing offenses you can't expect cam newton to come and carry this team on his shoulders he's just not that guy and he's certainly not that guy right now if he's ever going to be that guy but i think that they're expecting too much from cam and i thought i thought the same thing as you i even said i think on the first first podcast that they tom brady and bill belichick were like peanut butter and jelly and i Mm -hmm. felt like belichick was the peanut butter that goes great with bananas. You can throw some pretzels in there. Like it's going to work with anything and jelly, like not so much. Right. I'm hungry. It's, it's not work. And I know, you know, I'm always. food,
1: right? like- Yeah. Oh, I forgot of that. No. Man, I, I would, I would every show, every motherfucking show. I would stop. I would come away with like, I want a pizza because yeah. you talk about pizza so much like mostly between the breaks but it comes through on air <laughs> and every show would be like midnight and I'd be like yeah I'm I'm gonna like I'm gonna order dominoes or I'm gonna cook a- up <laughs> every time <laughs> I, I blame you for my expanding waistline
0: I, I mean you know what I love to eat and everything I feel like can relate to to food but yeah I was I was very much surprised how it's Tom Brady who was able to to find success without Bill Belichick and Bill Belichick is having a little bit of trouble
1: right now, but the whole new England Patriots is in shambles right now. Yeah. they, uh, They had a lot of people opt out. I mean, there's excuses to be had, but at the same time, Bill Belichick never let that get in the way before and now it is. And they got a game this week against Buffalo. It's a knockout game. If Buffalo wins this game, they've essentially knocked the Patriots out. Like this is, this is a kill shot moment for, that team it's a big one for buffalo to uh, to really take the ne- next step as well because that's another team that started out strong and uh, struggled last week to beat the the New York Jets how about what do you make of um what about uh Russell Wilson and the Seattle offense i mean i know it's you know it's going to be it's fantastic Um, but is this a pace that can continue and do they have enough defense to actually be, or are are they going to turn this defense around when Jamal Adams comes back?
0: Is it? So is this a pace that I think their offense can continue for the rest of the season? Yes. Well, I I think Russell Wilson can continue to do what he's doing. Absolutely.
1: That's, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm wondering if, uh, if the defense gets better, will that limit Russ? I guess that's what I'm asking.
0: I don't think so because he can still run the ball. Do you think as far as his fantasy production, is he going to do No, I don't. I don't think it's going to. But she seems
1: like they're in a shootout every single week. Every
0: single week. Yeah.
1: Listen to these scores. 38-25, 35-30, 38-31, 31-23, 27-26 in a low-scoring game, 37-34. It's like, oh, my Every week. Yes. It's going to, if this pace continues, Russ is going to set. He's on the same pace as Peyton Manning's 55 touchdown season from 2013 like he's on a pace to break every record in in in, uh, modern quarterbacking history that that's the part that I you know is that going to sustain you think
0: yes I do and I don't think his schedule coming up is all that difficult Jeff I think that he's going to be okay I think he's going to absolutely continue to do this I think he's going to get MVP he's insane They've got Buffalo, Rams, Cardinals, Eagles, Giants, Jets, (laughs) Washington, Rams, 49ers. 49ers are banged up everywhere, too. I mean, by the end of the season, you know, you you hope that some of their injuries are going to come back. But they're banged up. I mean, no, I 100% am not worried about Russell Wilson slowing down.
1: So have you disavowed your uh, Dallas Cowboy allegiances, by the way?
0: No, I've
1: cried. Yeah, this has
0: you're... driven me to drink. Are you kidding
1: me? <laughs> uh, I thought for sure. I mean, you've been a lot, you know, Detroit, 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 now that you're up there in Michigan.
0: I have uh, to be if I know what's good for my marriage.
1: This would be the perfect time for you to just say, yeah, I never liked the Cowboys. I never – I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, the Cowboys and the Texans, both of them are, like, in the toilet right now. Oh, what, no. about, what about that NFC East? If you had to predict who's going to win that division, who's it going to be?
0: Oh my god! I mean, Nobody? they're all terrible. <laughs> I
1: mean... They should not I, award a division yeah, winner if you're under even, 500. I, I, I really believe that. Like, if you, no, you're... I
0: really do think that by default it's going to be the Eagles because Carson Wentz is starting to pick up. Their schedule is great mm-hmm. coming up. I mean, so they still have the Cowboys twice this year. So. I think it's going to be the Eagles who's going to win the division.
1: They did lose to the Washington football team, by the way, the Eagles Calworth
0: did.
1: So did the, well, both the Eagles and the thing, I mean, watch Washington walk away. I mean, that's the thing. So it's a wild time. That division is so unbelievably bad. Bro, and
0: This is like, remember, this is almost what Oakland and, um, Denver with they all used to be where I felt like the Chargers would get in every single year, just because they were the best of the worst. Hmm. <laughs> you know? Yes. And then the first playoff game they would lose. And then there you go. Their representation. Out. Like this is what I felt, but I do think, you know, the Eagles. Well, the Eagles have had so many injuries too.
1: Yeah. I mean, they all Eagles are going to win this
0: division. Carson Wentz is starting to heat up and.
1: Hmm. Uh, I mean, you can be. Nothing is
0: going to get better for the Cowboys.
1: So what do you do with a guy like Zeke Elliott the rest of the way? Are you trying to trade trade
0: him? him You trade him.
1: What if nobody's going to give you what you want? Like, what's the lowest you'll take for Zeke Elliott? Are you going to take like a, uh, uh, I mean, I'm trying to think. Like Tyler Boyd, are you going to take him for Zeke? Yeah. Oh wow, you're you that you're just ready to sell off. You're you're out of the Zeke Elliott business for sure.
0: I'm done. I'm done. I mean, he goes on national television telling everybody two weeks ago that he needs to carry more of the team and he needs to step up and blah blah blah. He has the opportunity against Washington and what does he do? Absolutely nothing. You should have seen the amount of tweets and requests that I had to get him on the list of the walk of shame, the Aww. ghosted, the poop the bed list. I mean, they wanted him on every single list, and he deserved it. He absolutely deserved it. You don't go up against Washington after you you say you need to carry the team, and that team just doesn't have – and here's the other thing is that I think that what's really been exposed without Dak Prescott there is how that offensive line is not what it used to be.
1: Yes, exactly. Awesome.
0: In retirement, that is what it's come down to. And Dak Prescott did such a great job at, at – Putting
1: smoke over that. Yeah, it was, it's bad. I mean, this is the best offensive line of football for since Zeke Elliott's been there and losing Travis Frederick in the offseason. Then they lost Tyron Smith for the year, Lael Collins, their left tackle and right tackle, respectively. Now Zach Martin is out with a concussion for week number. I mean, it's just, that's it. It's just completely over. Uh, Offensive line, it's going to be hard to uh, get anything going. Now you got Ben DiNucci, which is the best Italian restaurant you've ever eaten at. He's going to be starting for the. Remember that time when we covered a Super Bowl in Atlanta? and We went to Benvenuti's or Ben Denucci's for uh, for dinner. It was a, just a great time I uh, had by all over there. That's what I miss. I miss our what Super Bowl. What was the real chart.
0: name of that restaurant, Jeff? What was the I don't?
1: Name? I have no idea. but It, was it's, it's, it could have been Ben Denucci's. It could have been like a. I,
0: you said it with conviction. I believed it yeah, for a second. See. I was like, did, did homeboy have a restaurant named after him? So yeah. No, it was delicious that restaurant that we went to.
1: Yeah, it was, it was they pretty had good. That, best Super Bowl like 11, story. Best, oh. what's the, we covered many Super Bowls together. What was our What was our best story? Um, it? San Francisco was really good because a lot of our friends were there. That was a. Fun
0: I had a lot story. of fun in San Francisco for sure.
1: Remember? Do you remember the look of shock and oh, the San Francisco was the best because that's where I dove into the ball pit. Remember catching oh, the football. Yeah. I told everybody, I said, I would catch anything. Like guy, you know, talking that smack, and sure enough, I jumped into the Firestone.
0: Yes, that was. Right. And then that was also the one where I threw my back out trying yes. to get lessons from um
1: Terrell Owens. From
0: Victor Cruz.
1: I know they it was were- Terrell Owens. It was Terrell Owens.
0: No, oh, Terrell Owens. But yeah, he tried, he tried to teach me how to whip the Nene. Whip the Nene. <laughs> yeah. And they catch it restless. Like uh this is why you're single
1: pilar (laughs) yes that was it they he said that
0: victor cruz tried to teach me how to salsa Salsa. and it was uh, i threw my back out
1: pilar is the only latina that absolutely cannot dance
0: dance.
1: they just can't do it just look we
0: almost have a flaw
1: (laughs) right (laughs) you almost have something dancing was it but the whip the nene that was amazing Terrell oh always god. looking at you like, oh my god! Like everybody expects, like, oh, here, she'll she'll be able to dance. No, no. Oh my nope, god. did not have. Whipped yeah, the-
0: this is why you're still single.
1: That, that's what they said. <laughs> oh man, that, there were some good ones, that's for sure. We had fun covering those events. That was, a- I'll tell you, that's another thing. It's like that Super Bowl crowd. That's another thing that, like, I was always happy, thankful that you were there for those because like, that's a big audience. That's a real like commanding, demanding audience. A lot of celebrities in that. And you were always really fluid, really good, really just go with the flow because it's chaotic. People are like you know, Matt Deutch or whoever's producing, outside producer yelling at us. We're on a stage. We've got sponsors that want us to go in a car and then do this and do that. And it's like all these different things to have to worry about. And uh, you were you were so good uh, at doing those live shows that yeah, it just have
0: fun with it. That's all I. That's all I want to do in life. Jeff is. I just want to have fun, whatever whatever it is that I do. I want to work hard, but have fun with what I do. I
1: can't. Wish I, I wish I could. I need more of that. I need to. Be yeah,
0: there. the Super Bowls were a lot of fun. That was probably. I agree. That one might have been the the most fun that we had. I remember Atlanta. We're running to try and get you oh to, goodness. to get
1: your flight. I had to kick some people out. Of oh, that was Houston. No, that was Houston. Houston. Maybe, that was the, like- maybe the greatest thing ever like, I way, we went way over on our show. Couldn't get out of the damn place. Then we go and I wouldn't have, I would not have made it. I would not have Pilar. The only time I've ever seen you use your sexiness to your advantage to get me in a stupid <laughs> cab to get me to the airport. You jumped in front of a cab. To, and they're like oh yeah get in lovely lady and you're like all right here i and you pretend to get in and you're like all right go in and i get in and that guy's <laughs> and look he, was like that guy looked like you son of a bitch they like,
0: kicked the other people out of the cab because i was like well we're going to the airport it's gonna be way much more money for him yeah to make and so he kicked the other people out of the cab and then jeff gets in and i get
1: oh my god and i
0: was like yo buddy let me know when you get there
1: yeah let me know
0: (laughs) i was running i was running to catch my flight and then had my baby like a week and a half later i should not have been
1: traveling oh my god i can't believe that that's right you did that too you you did that show while pregnant and then yeah a week later you go and i'm like you're insane you're an insane person just an insane person going to those, doing it nine months pregnant, doing these live Super Bowl shows where we're driving around cars and you know Genesis. Oh my God! Oh, and then there was the other one in Minnesota that was awful. Just that was so terrible. wintry, so cold. Oh, so like cold! Was, uh, so ridiculous. That that uh, that one was no fun whatsoever. Although we went to Mall of America, that's where I ate a cheeseburger, and you looked at me like I was. Like, I, I was the grossest you could be. I've never felt so small in my entire life. I'm eating a burger. That's a lie. Pilar's like, Ugh, so disgusting. I don't even, that is a lie. Dude, we, we ate in a food court and I had, I don't know what I had, whatever burger thing they had. And I'm scarfing this thing down. And polaris is like, so disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> do not. Uh, do that. we have some good stories um it's all right really I, i'm realizing now i've kept you way 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 too long already this has been a lot of fun catching up but before we let everybody go any thoughts real quick on on week number eight you got any um let's do this let's do our survivor best bet and an upset so a survivor team i got bounced two weeks ago when new england lost at, at home that one um eliminated me from all my serve all four of my survivor pools but for those that are still alive give me one or two teams that you are guarantee they will win doesn't have to be by any amount just a team All right that-
0: so we're going to say Green Bay at home against Minnesota Okay. And I'm going to say Baltimore at home against Pittsburgh.
1: No way. Baltimore?
0: Yeah. All right here I'll give you a different one that's a guarantee what? don't even think about it. Rams Okay. Rams at um Miami. So I mean, I can- there's a lot of them, though. Kansas City at home against the Jets. That one's going to win. I mean, there's a lot of these this week. It's kind of an easy one. I feel like.
1: Uh, I think the Chiefs are a no-brainer. Right, twenty-point yeah. favorites. They're going to win at home. By the way, Le'Veon Bell revenge week. Does that happen yes. this week? He, yeah, that's. I think so. I think if you're going to bet a touchdown bet, some a player prop to score a touchdown. Le'Veon Bell is a guarantee in the end zone, no matter what. It's going to happen, folks. So that's one. I have this, I have Green Bay as well. So I think Green Bay would be my second choice here against Minnesota. And then the other one is Monday Night Football, Tampa Bay against the Giants. Those would be my three picks.
0: Yeah, that's a good one, too.
1: In that order. Um, You mentioned, though, my best bet of the week. I think the best bet is the Rams minus three and a half over the Dolphins. They're on the road, but. To his first game. Yes. Rookie quarterback coming in, having to face Aaron Donald. Are you kidding? Oh my gosh. That's, uh, and Jalen Ramsey, by the way, both. Like that is, that's no bueno, right? No. That's tres malo, tres malo. In my opinion, so minus three and a half. I think the Rams can easily score on the Dolphins' defense as well. So that is definitely a best bet of the week. And then upset of the week. Do you have an upset that you like this week, Pilar?
0: Um, I'm gonna say the Colts beating the Lions.
1: That's not an upset.
0: Oh, are the Lions scheduled to win? I feel like everybody yep. against the Lions is. Well, well, you, you know, know what?
1: Win. This is this is what I love. By the way, this is amazing. We did not talk about anything of this. I, I basically gave you no information. I said, show up at this time. We'll, we're going to record. We're going to have fun. And you're like, okay, let's do it. I think the Lions beat the Colts. That's my upset. I think the Lions beat the Colts. You would be very proud of me that I am now Mr. Detroit Lions fan. All of a sudden. I, I I, I,
0: you must be drunk.
1: I, I Well, yes. A I, I, lot of methamphetamine in my system currently. but <laughs> uh, never, I love my Sudafed. No, I think the Lions beat the Colts. I think the Colts, the defense are very good. They're coming off a bye, though. And that offense just has been sluggish. Detroit, I love the acquisition of Everson Griffin. I don't think he even played. But the defense has played better than you'd want for most of the game. It's that late game holding their opponents down is a problem. Offensive line is top five unit in football, in pro football focus, win rate uh, via ESPN and an adjusted line yards. I love the fact they're finally giving the ball their second round pick, DeAndre Swift. And then you, find, you have Stafford healthy with Galladay making acrobatic catch after acrobatic catch. Hawkinson evolving in scoring, I think, in three straight now. And then yeah, you know, Marvin Jones mean, is disappointing, but that's such an option. I think that the Lions get it done at home, and they beat the Colts straight up.
0: Um, I, w- I actually hope that they don't because – <laughs> we did a bet on the lion. We took a bet where we just put the lions to lose every single game for the whole season. Really? Um, and we're going to see how we, how we,
1: Oh no. How is... we
0: do, because oh. literally it's what happens every single game. They need to finish playing the entire full four quarters. They're 20 points ahead of people. And then they manage to give it all up at the end of the game.
1: When Pilar became a lions fan. I used to raz you uncontrollably about it because that's, you know, they were in the depths of mediocrity at that point and you'd be rooting and you'd think, all right, I'm going to choose one piece of this game that kind of works and I'd just crap all over it. I'd be like, no, no chance for no other reason than just to make you mad. And then sure enough, most of the time it wouldn't work. and uh, You'd get pretty upset. pretty mad (laughs) (laughs) which is is always good radio when that happens so uh anything else from this week number eight pilar that stands out to you or anything else that uh you know you wanted to talk about
0: well i mean i just always tell people make sure that you there's teams that you have to start your running backs against and take advantage of those matchups in daily the atlanta carolina Mm -hmm. game like yes Todd Gurley is going to have a great game mcdavis should have a great game i mean so that's that's what i tell people
1: uh, great advice of course i mean caroline is the number one target against with any running back and Gurley has been falling in end zone like you said before even when he doesn't mean to so that's one um yeah other teams to target against in the run game Detroit's actually not too good against the run either. You got that. Minnesota's bad against the run. We'll be interested to see what happens with the Packers if Aaron Jones comes back this week or not. Dalvin Cook is expected back. By the way, that Thursday game, you mentioned Mike Davis, should mention Christian McCaffrey was, they said there was an announcement that he was activated from the injured report. But I don't think, I just heard a report before we, or actually while we've been recording this that suggests that he hasn't actually been activated. Like they didn't actually, they're saying they're going to, but they haven't actually done it.
0: it. Well, I feel that they said since the beginning of the week that while he's, you know, back at practice, that he is a very long shot to play Thursday night. So I don't think he plays. And this is going to be redemption week for Mike Davis to give his fantasy owners one last hurrah to make up for the last two weeks that he's completely... Pooped his pants and not gotten anything down for fantasy owners against the Falcons he should have a good game
1: you would think so you would think so um yeah that's
0: the other thing too is that by the time people listen to this waiver wires are going to be closed Mm -hmm. if Dallas Goddard is still on your is still available go get him I love that yes go get him he doesn't come back until week 10 like So, right now, he's still probably on there. You don't even have to bid for him. You could, I mean, if you did on the waiver picks, I was telling people go and bid on him cheap, pick him up because when he gets back, Mm -hmm. he's got such a great schedule. Giants, Browns, Seahawks, Packers, Saints. Saints are the best matchup for opposing tight ends Cardinals, Dallas, and Washington. Like, right around the time that you're going to need him for your fantasy playoffs, he's going to be available. So, go get him.
1: Yeah, I like that. Goddard was actually activated this week or yesterday from designated off of IR, but probably not going to play this week. But he could play actually in week nine, Pilar. Oh, no, they're off. Yeah, so you're right, back at week 10. You're right. So uh, I love that. I think people don't realize what a heavy tight end share that those those guys get normally they chop it between earths and goddard when there's one guy richard rogers last week i liked him a great deal and came through pretty well um so goddard's a good one Pittman's a good one michael Pittman, who was designated to return from uh from uh, injured reserve as well so uh, don't overlook those guys that are coming back unlike normal years Players that were put on IR do get back. Eckler will be back. Dick Chubb will be back. So if anybody's dropping those players, I think it's pretty wise to go out there and uh, – Go get them. Yeah, hell yeah. All right, Pilar Lashra, it's been an absolute delight. Thank you for even going overtime with me here today. I miss you on our show, but – uh, I, I
0: miss you, boo. Thanks so much I for know. having me.
1: It's always your open invitation, obviously. Guys, go download the Fantasy Hangover right now. Every Tuesday, usually Tuesday night, it gets posted into Wednesday. Um, when you could find that with Pilar Lasha. Sometimes she just talks to herself, sits there like a looney tune and just talks about whatever. <laughs> you don't even know what she's what's going to come out of her mouth. Obviously, follow her as well at RealPilarLastra on the old Twitter machine. Um, and other than that, Pilar, thank you so much for joining me. Go uh, enjoy being a mommy and uh, please stay in quarantine until this thing's over, okay? All right, Jeff,
0: thanks. Same to you. Good luck to everybody in their speakers.
1: There we go, everybody. All right, folks. For Pilar Alastra, this is Jeff Vance. Remember, if you disagree with anything we said today, it's okay because it was one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Do